Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. I've stood here for the last hour just like my dogs when they see me coming. And I've got my hat on. Colossians chapter number 1. Take your Bibles this morning and open them. And I want you to read with me now because I'm going to read several places of Scripture. But everything that has been said is the very thing that God put on my heart this week. And I am so glad. Do you know how much God cares for you? Yeah. I'm going to give you this. This this one ain't even in my, my thoughts till now, but I'm going to give you this one. He cared enough for you to prepare a place this morning where he could pour on you his spirit and help. And in preparation for you, he had me two or three mornings this week just working me over through this. He did that for you so that he could feed you right now. You better pay attention this morning and you need to obey God, right? It's one thing to hear, but you need to do. You've got to take that step and do what God has said to do. The word is not meant for our knowledge only. It's meant for our transformation. It's meant to change us. Colossians chapter number 1. I'll begin at verse number 12. Just going to read a few verses. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us, Meet to be partakers of the the inheritance of the saints in light. Hallelujah. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise his name. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Glory to God. Bless his holy name. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Listen to this. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, (laughs) whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things 
were created by him. <laughs> I like this. And for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. Father, thank you for your word. Open it to our hearts. <laughs> Change us, Father. And help us, God, to become a people aware of your goodness. That we might honor you with our lips and our hands and our steps. That everything would be, bring praise unto him who is all and in all. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise his holy name. I've already said it this morning, but Romans chapter number 2 and verse number 4, you'll find this nugget of truth. It says, Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. I want to share this morning some thoughts on the goodness of God. I want to share the thoughts in two different ways. And this has encouraged my heart all week long. He's, there ain't no way to preach it all. But he's given me some things to settle on. And I hope to God today that it'll help you. <laughs> it sure has. And what you shared with me this morning has helped me. It helped me to hear your testimonies. To hear your heart for God. It helps my soul when I see somebody of the inheritance of the saints begin to lift up their hands and say, God did that for me. They give God all the praise. Not man, not a doctor, not a pill, but they give God the glory, God the one who is worthy, God who created all things visible and invisible, God who made it all for him and for his own. Brother, he has done it all for you and me today and he is worthy of all of our praise. Oh, he's a good God today. <laughs> he's a good God today. But let me say to you this morning, I'm going to start right here. And this bless my heart all week long. He's good to everybody. Yeah. He is good to everybody today. Here's what uh, the Bible said in Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 45. I want to read this to you. Mark it if you got a Bible today. It said that ye may... Be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son, S-U-N, to rise on the evil and on the good. Did you hear that? God is good to everybody. Listen to what he said now. Now this is Jesus. This is Jesus who is saying unto them that you must be willing to take up your cross and follow me. you got to be willing to do what it is I give you to do. And then he comes in and says this. He said, for, make it, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. I want to share with you today this simple thought. God is good to everybody. God is good to everybody. Now, there are some things that some are excluded from, and I'll get to that uh, maybe at the end, but I want to share some things that God has given to all men. He has been good 
to all mankind. And what he said, Lenny, I was that I'm supposed to love them uh, that hate me. I'm supposed to pray for them that persecute me. I'm supposed to bless them uh, that would uh, do harm to me. And you know what he said? He said, for you to love them that love you. He said, that ain't no more than a sinner does. They love one another too. He said, but what you need to realize is that from glory on high, he said, I'm my son. It shines on the good and it shines on the evil. My reign, it gives blessing to the just and it gives blessing to the unjust. What God was saying was, I love everybody. And brother, he meant that when he said it. He loves everybody. God loves everybody today. Now, mark my words. Don't get confused here. I'm certainly, and I'm going to preach to you this morning on a God of love and a good God that loves all men. But now, he don't love sin. You mark that down. I'm, I'm going to leave that alone here in a second. But I don't want you to be confused that God's love tolerates sinfulness. That God is okay with wicked living. That God somehow is all right with the wicked and the ungodliest of this world. No, he hates sin, always hated sin. Sent his only begotten son to die for that sin. He made a way to get you out of sin. And he still hates sin today. But God loves you. And he loves everybody in this world. He loves everybody. I would contend today that there's a lot of things that God does for us that we don't pay attention to. I'd say to you today that there's a lot of things that God does for us that you ain't even thought about this morning. And he did it for everybody on the face of this earth. I walked out of the house this morning at 8 degrees, and I was looking right into the sun. It just come over a mountain, and I was staring right into it for just a second, and God reminded me that his sun was shining on the evil this morning as well as it is the good. I'll tell you right now, friend, God has done a lot for you, and he's done a lot for me, and when you think about the things that he has done, brother, he has done it for all mankind. He's done it for everybody. I want you to think about them things this morning that God don't charge for. But you think of it that way. Number one, and I'm going to say this again, ain't no way to preach it all. No, but I'm going to start on some big things. Take a deep breath. Do you know there's air? Do you know that wasn't an accident? Do you know the composition of that air has to be right in order for you to live? Did you know absent of air, you're going to die? You will smother? You ever, you ever got under the covers like that and run out of air on yourself, had to pull them down, get a breath? Ever been wrestling with your brother and somebody put a pillow on your head for just a minute? You'll go to fighting then when you recognize you ain't got any more air to breathe. God don't charge for that. No, every time that you open your mouth and you breathe into your lungs, there is oxygen coming into your bloodstream and your bloodstream is carrying that oxygen to your cells and your cells are revitalizing them because there is air in this atmosphere and God don't charge for that. I'll tell you right now, you get yourself to where your lungs don't work anymore and you can't breathe and you'd empty your pockets for another good breath of air. But God don't charge for it. Amen. 
every heathen that woke up this morning in their stupors breathed God's air. That's good. That's a good God. That's a good God. He don't charge for that. I'll tell you right now, that's something you got to have, Lenny. You'd give everything you got. You'd get everything in your bank account. If God said you got to pay for air from now on, that'd be the first thing you bought was a little air. Amen. You'd go without a biscuit. You'd go without other things. But you wouldn't go without air. How come? Because you have to have it. It is not optional for you to live. You cannot live without air. And God has made air for you and I. Did you know, brother, that he created an earth, a friend, that when we exhale a... a you know, it's wonderful to think that when we bring in the oxygen, our body converts it and puts it back out with something that the trees need. And then they produce oxygen back into the atmosphere so we can bring. God didn't charge you for that. Free. Free. Free to the heathen. Free to the righteous. Free. Every time you take. How many of you thank God for breath this morning? I'd say not many. Because every one of us take for granted those essentials to our livelihood. Those very things that keep us going from one moment to the next. We take for granted that it will always be there. It has always been there. And I'm going to tell you, friend, that's because we have a God uh, that loves everybody. He don't love just some. He loves us all. And friend, he cares for you today. I'm glad I got some air today. Amen. God didn't charge for air. I remember a time or two, uh, there used to be a time when when they had these little air machines at the service station, Alfred. You had to pay for it. Amen. You get in there, if you had, it's three quarters now. If you go in there and your tire's low, you can put three quarters in that little machine and it'll produce air that you can put in a tire and maybe make it a little further down the road. God has never charged me for air. Never charged me for air. And yet he gives it to me just as much as he gives it to my neighbor, to the person that is unchurched, for the person that hates God. You say, preacher, does this really show the goodness of God? Will you figure it out? Brother, God has done something for the creation that he made. And brother, he, he done it for all men. And he doesn't charge for it. We try to charge for everything down here. But those very essential things that are most important, that would be the most valuable to us, God doesn't charge for. Let's talk about water. Talk about water for a minute. H2O. Did you know under our feet today are rivers of the cleanest and most pristine water? I still have a well. Thank God I don't have to depend on a public municipality to provide me water. I mean that. I like that water that comes up out of the ground. I like that water that comes up out of the earth. Did you know God put that there, Larry? You know why he did that? Because <laughs> he loves me and you. Do you know you have to have water? 60% of your body is water. 
that your actual cell composition is of water. When the blood, when the water comes into your body, it hydrates and it moves everything else in your body. It helps you live. It controls your body temperature. Uh, brother, the water that we have today, if you didn't have it in three to five days, you'd be dead. And may I say to you today that God don't charge for water. No, he gave it to us. As a matter of fact, he even sends rain. That replenishes the waters, the water tables. Every time that we get in a drought condition and, and, and they go to saying that the water tables are down and we're in a drought and all this other stuff, I think to myself, the one that controls water will either bring it back or he won't. But I have always found that God brings it back. I don't know how God works and what all that he does, but I know this, if it wasn't for water, me and you couldn't live today. We wouldn't be able to make it. There wouldn't be anything, a friend, that you could do without water. Friend, we have got to have it, and God don't charge for that. Do you know the lost man's got as much water as I've got? A bunch of people lost their water this week and found out how hard it was to live without it. Froze up, wouldn't run. And a bunch of people today, maybe today, will be reminded that friend God put the water out here before he ever put me on earth. Yeah, yeah, God created the air before he ever created an animal. How come? Because God ain't never put nothing. He created on something that it couldn't sustain it. Why? Because he loves you. And friend, he loves everybody. God has made a way for you and me, friend, to be sustained in this present world. And he doesn't charge us for it. It's free. It's free. I thought about real estate, the ground, the earth, whatever you want to think of it as. You know, God made it all in the beginning. I believe the earth's the same size it always has been. I believe the moon's the same distance from the earth as it has been. I believe the sun is right where God said it, right where he put it. I believe everything that you and I experience today, as far as the stars in the heaven and all of those things that happen, every bit of it is by purpose. Every bit of it is by a design because a perfect designer made it. But brother, all of these things are gifts from God and we rarely give God thanks for those things. God gave us some ground. Gave us some ground to walk on. They call it real estate. They love to trade it and sell it. As a matter of fact, it's more expensive now than it's ever been. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, if you're going to invest in something, buy land. He said, because God only made it once and he ain't making no more. You know what? We'll pass it back and forth. We'll trade it. We'll, we'll give it to our children when we die out as if we owned it. But may I say to you today, you don't own it. You never have owned it. You may have a deed with your name on it, but in the end, it'll fall to somebody else or you'll sell it off. And in the end, friend, it was God's to begin with. And the Bible said in the end, he's going to melt it all with a fervent heat. How come? Because he's got the title deed of the earth, not you and me. He's the one that allows you to live on that little spot of ground where you live he's the one that has provided for you a place where you can make a place a place where you can survive and brother he don't charge for it anybody ever had to pay God for real estate no we bad to do that kind of stuff but friend God made it for us all 
And you know he gave it to the just and the unjust. I thought about the son. We read it in Matthew 5, 45. But I thought about the son when I stepped out this morning. This message just burning my heart up. And that son just right in my eyes. When I finally made it to the church, I parked up. By the time I got to the steps, there's a bird singing. And I thought to myself, it's nine degrees outside. And that bird's happy. And then it occurred to me that he seen what I seen. When I come out the house, it was warming his tail feathers. It was doing something, amen, that nothing else could do through the night. God had sent his son. Amen. And he had put the warmth back into something for you and I. And brother, without the sun, we wouldn't be able to exist on this planet one minute without the sun's power. And brother, we'd all be froze to death. One minute. You know, God don't charge for that. It's free. Every morning you see him coming, that's free. Could have. Could have, and you'd have paid everything for it. But the most important things in our life, God didn't charge for. I'm still talking about the earthly now. The most important earthly things that we need as human beings to survive, that would have been the things that God could have charged for. But he didn't. No, they're free. I'm gonna, I thought about this as I was praying. This building that you're in, it's God's. We've been doing some deed research and trying to get all that in order as the earth cares about order just to make sure that the right people, the trustees are on there and we've got somebody to help protect us. But you know what I thought of? This is his. I thought about that, Roger. I thought about this is his. Right? We don't own it as a, as a body, a collective body we do. But, but there's no one person owns this. No, it was dedicated, Paul, to God. This property, this asphalt, that little building over there, the other one, a graveyard, all that's his. All that's his. I don't know how much it's worth. Ain't got no idea. But let me just throw something out there. If every bit of it all together was worth a million dollars, we just won church. And I'd like you to think about all the churches across the face of this earth that have committed their sanctuaries unto God, Jesus Christ. You know he owns them all. That's billions and billions and billions of dollars that the Lord Jesus Christ owns in real estate. And anybody, did you pay admission when you come in? Alfred, try to get five off of you when you come in the door. <laughs> he didn't charge for this. He owns it. Yeah. It's his. And the ground under it. The psalmist would go as far to say as he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. And he owns the hills too. He owns it all. And yet he don't charge for that. He didn't charge for it. God reigns on the just and the unjust. He loves us. Friend, he proves that love to mankind in those simple elements that we depend on for our life source and never fairly 
fairly often we would never give God the credit even in one week for the air we breathed, the water we was able to consume, never remembering that God doesn't charge for any of those essentials and he gives it to the lost as well as the saved. What a God that we serve today. What a God that cares. This real estate that we live on has so many things that are, that are scientific in nature, at least that's what they say. But friend, these are the things that God did on planet earth to make it inhabitable for you and I. Do you know how hard it would be to live on this planet if there wasn't any gravity? Well, you couldn't get nothing done. But gravity itself, the gravity of the earth, makes a man my size about 200 plus pounds when you step on a scale. It's gravity making that scale work. Because if you lost gravity, you wouldn't weigh nothing no more. And yet without that, we wouldn't be able to exist. And God even made it so that the moon's gravitational pull operates the entire tidal flow of every ocean in this world. Low tides, high tides, did you know man controls none of that? Free of charge. Free. These are things that God has done to everybody, to anybody who would believe I've mentioned the sun, I've mentioned the rain, but let me mention just a couple of more. How about seeds? Do you know without seeds we'd die? Think about this now. Without seeds, there ain't no vegetable. There ain't no sustenance other than meat. There ain't no sustenance that we would have without seeds. And do you know that a little seed can sit in a freezer for decades? But when you pull that thing out of a freezer and you put it in fertile ground and you water it and give it a little sunshine, did you know that seed will bust forth with life? How do it do it? How do it know? Seeds. And they're all around us. And God said from the very beginning that it would bear fruit of itself. And you can't stop a seed from bearing its fruit. It's what it does. And God don't charge for seed. Co-op does, but God don't. Free to the lost and the saved. You need to eat some bread. You need some seed. You ain't eat no bread without a seed. God said, I know you need that seed. Free. It's free. Could have charged you. It's free. It's free. All that air you breathing. Yep. You're going to die without it at any minute. You'll die without it or water. Free. It's all free. By the way, your friends that are lost, it's free to them too. That's what he meant when he said it rains on the just and the unjust, that the sun shines on the good and the evil. That's my God. That's my God, and he loves everybody, and he gives to everybody those essentials of life that are the most important things to us. They're free. They're free. Well, that brings us to a change in the message. But there are some things that ain't free. There are some things that God will give that ain't free, and everybody don't have it. 
There are some things that God has promised to those who will do certain other things. They're not free. But you can have them. The first things were earthly. And that list obviously could have went on and on. God don't charge for those things. But there are some things that he charges for. Let me share with you just a few. The remission of sins. Do you know there was a price had to be paid for that, Alfred? That wasn't free. The forgiveness that you enjoy today was not free. That was not free. Oh, the price that was paid so you could have forgiveness. And do you know that not everybody has forgiveness? Not everybody has experienced the remission of sins, but only those who have believed know what I'm talking about. Because there is a price to know the remission of sins. When it comes to the heavenly, when it comes to those things that are eternal, friend, there is a price. There's a price for those. The remission of sins, the forgiveness of sins, the joy, friend, of just knowing that our sins have been forgiven. That wasn't free. That wasn't free. And though the offer goes unto whosoever will, you must believe in Christ or you will not know the remission of sins. I know it today. And though, though, in comparison, it cost me very little. In comparison, there was a cost. There was a cost. As a matter of fact, Jesus would, would, would say that, that any man that does not count the cost is going to find himself in a mess. Any man that doesn't consider what it's cost to make sure that when you get so far, you've got enough to finish the course. He said, you better count the cost and know what it's going to, what it's going to cost you. But in comparison, the price that I paid for the remission of sins is so small. It's like trading a nickel for a million dollar bill. It's so small. But it did cost me something. Jesus said, if you're not willing to lay down your life for my name's sake, he said, you can't be my disciple. Huh? That's what he said. Right? I didn't make that up. He said, it's going to cost you. He said, if you follow me, he said, you're going to suffer for my name's sake. It will cost you something. In comparison, Paul said, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world ain't worthy to even be compared with the glory that is awaiting me. Yes, I've got something that God has promised me. I have the forgiveness of sins. I have the remission of sins. There was a cost to me. I had to die to myself one day to receive Christ. But I'll tell you right now, I'd do it a thousand times again because God has forgiven my sin debt but it wasn't free it wasn't free and the lost of this world will die without remission of sins and go to hell how come because God didn't give the remission of sins for those that would not believe for whosoever believeth on him shall be saved but he said in John three sixteen that he loved the world so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's the gift. 
that whosoever, what, believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But this, he said, is the condemnation, that men have loved darkness instead of light. They have refused the offer of Jesus Christ. And brother, there is a cost. There was a cost to God, and there is a cost to you. And if you don't pay it, you'll die without forgiveness. You'll die without forgiveness. But oh, that glad day that I said yes, that I bowed on my knees and said I need to be saved. That moment I died to myself and said I'll follow you. Friend, I got the greatest of gifts that man could ever know. Number one, I got forgiveness of sin. But number two, I got got the third part of the Godhead moved into my house. Amen. I wouldn't trade that for nothing in this world. The very instant I got born again, the Holy Ghost moved into me. And he's lived in this whole house ever since then. I'll tell you right now, there's been times that I took him where I shouldn't have went. That I've said things that I shouldn't have said. That I I did things I shouldn't have done. But let me tell you something, he ain't ever left me. He's been my constant companion. He's been a friend to me. He's been my help. He's been my comfort. Brother, he is there every day. He don't charge me for that. Uh -uh. No, he don't charge me for that. But it did cost, and it cost something to allow the Holy Ghost freedom in your life. It'll cost you something personally when you let the Holy Ghost live and rule and be the master of your, your, your daily walk. It'll cost you something when you allow the power of the infilling of the presence of a holy God that lives inside you. Brother, that's the greatest joy that I know is the Holy Ghost lives in me. But there's a cost to it. There's a cost to it. Do you know you can offend the Holy Spirit? You can grieve the Holy Spirit in your lifestyle, your attitudes, your walk, your, 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 your sinful nature can rise up and without you bring it under subjection as we've been getting instructions to do, without you yield yourself and repent before God daily and try to be holy as He is holy, you're going to find yourself missing the mark and you're going to find that the Holy Ghost won't have fellowship where ungodliness dwells. You and I have got something inside of us and I'm so glad. Amen. Uh, Let me make a statement right now and you mark my words. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost of God than air. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost of God than water. I'd rather have the Holy Ghost of God than this earth. I want God before everything else. Because he reigns on the just and the just. He shines his sun upon the evil and the good. But friend, there's only some that get to experience the remission of sins. For the Bible said that Broad is the way, wide is the gate that leadeth to destruction. Many there'll be that'll go in thereat. But he said, narrow is the way, straight is the way, and narrow is the gate that leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that will find it. Oh, there's a price to being saved. There's a price tag. Now, in comparison to what he paid to make it available to me, not even comparable, but it did cost us something. It did cost us something, else he'd just give it to everybody. 
Right? If there wasn't something that separated the two, everybody would just get saved like that. He, there wouldn't be no question. There wouldn't be no will involved. There wouldn't be no surrender involved. There would be no repentance involved. God just saved you. And, but that ain't how it is for him. The Bible said for him that he will save you, but you'll have to believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. You've got to believe that he was born of that virgin, that he lived that sinful life, that he died on that cruel cross. And that he raised from that borrowed tomb. Brother, but if you can believe, you can know the goodness of God. And boy, we've heard a lot about the goodness of God this morning. The goodness of God, so powerful, so wondrous. But yeah, there's a cost. What about the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we get from its indwelling? I I jotted those down from Galatians 5. It said, love. That'd be right there, isn't it? The Bible said we know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Sister done said it this morning. The things I once loved, I now hate. But the things I once hated, I now love. Amen. I love the Holy Ghost and the fruit that comes from the Holy Ghost. Love, the Bible said, was a gift that was given to us. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not something that is given in partial or in measure, but it is something given in full. As the Holy Ghost of God moves into you, He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, kindness. He is all these things. And that's what I got when I got saved. But everybody don't have the fruit of the Spirit. How come? Because they don't have Christ. You see the difference between heir and Christ. God was willing to give to you freely, lost or saved, the very breath you need to make it for 50, 60, 70, 100 years on this earth. God gave you every breath you had. Every lungful of that air was a gift of God to the lost and to the saved. But when it comes to His Son, there is a cost. There is a cost. And many will go to hell because they are not willing to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. They are not willing to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for the remission of their own sins. They are unwilling to accept the pardon for their sinful nature. They are unwilling to receive and believe in Jesus Christ and they will miss heaven because it ain't free. The Bible said in Matthew that there'll be many stand before the Lord on that day and they'll say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these great things in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we feed the hungry and and, and visit the poor and those that were in prison? Didn't we do all these things for you? And he'll say unto them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. How come? Because getting into heaven ain't free. Man, don't waltz into the pearly gates. Man, don't go through to that everlasting place of rest and peace. A man, don't get to where God is and the holy of God, a sinless place, unless he's been born again. He made it clear to Nicodemus that night. He said, you must. You mark that down right now. He said, you must. You know what that means? 
It means it is without exception the requirement for you to go to heaven. For you to be forgiven of sin, you must be born again. Religion won't get you there. Good parents won't get you there. Knowing somebody from the church won't get you there. Because getting to heaven had a price. Air's free. Water's free. Gravity's free. Seeds are free. All those things you need to live an earthly life, those he freely gives. Doesn't charge you, Travis. Could, but he doesn't. Doesn't charge you. Free. But if you want to go to heaven, you must be born again. You must be born again. There are some things that I know that I find in this book that are promises to me, things that God has promised me, and he will keep all of those promises. He'll keep them all. But there's a price to it. I find in the Word of God that there are conditional promises. There are things that he promised to do if we did our part. Now, I'm not making this about works. I'm just telling you what it says. There are things that he requires of us in order to grant us freely those things that we need the most eternally. And we have a responsibility to do those things. And the truth is, is that some of us can't even thank him for the air. How are we ever going to get to the place we can thank him for saving our soul? If we don't even recognize that the air is his, the water is his, the earth is his, the sun is his, the moon is his, the stars are his. I read it to you. By him all things consist. He made them all. But when it comes to the sacrifice of his son, there are requirements. It's not free. It's not free. He gave me a book. We done talked about the book some this morning, but he gave me a book. I love the book. If it wasn't for the book, we wouldn't know all the stuff that he's promised us. But he gave us a book. And it's forever settled in heaven. And not one word of it will fail. The Bible said the sun will quit shining. (laughs) Amen. Not one word of this book will fail. Everything that he said is true. Everything that he promised will come true. Everything that he has spoken is his undefiled, inerrant, holy word. And he gave it to me in the volume of a book. You say, preacher, does it cost Does it cost? It'll cost you every day if you're going to read this book. You'll have to lay down this world. You'll have to give up a TV show or a radio station. You'll have to give up a video game or some other amusement to your flesh. If you're going to read and study to show yourself approved, a workman unto God that needeth not be ashamed, if you're going to experience the fullness of the voice of God through the Holy Writ brought down by the Holy Scriptures, uh, the Holy Spirit as it moved upon men to pin it down into and Enjoy that. You will pay a price. It ain't free. It ain't free. 
if you're going to know God at the intimate level of his voice and his word and his, and his written page, it's going to take time. It's going to take hours. It's going to take effort, and it'll take discipline on your part. I realize those are things that we don't really want to hear, but it's still true, right? If you have no discipline concerning the Word of God, if you don't read it, right, it won't help you. This ain't here, friend, just to be swept up off the ground as if it's wood, hay, and stubble. No. You want some of this? Dig. You want some of this? You better mine for it. You better be willing to hold on until you get deep enough, until those nuggets start coming out of there. There is a cost to the glorious truth of Jesus Christ, and he wants to give it to you. He said, any man that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who will give to all men liberally and upbraideth not. God will give you his holy word today, and he'll give it freely if you'll pay the price. You'll pay the price. Air gives that to everybody. Everybody needs it. Lost or not lost, everybody gets air. Everybody gets water. Everybody gets sun. Everybody gets moon. Everybody gets those things that the earthly man has to have to live. And all those things God gives to you freely. But when it comes to those things that are heavenly, God has a price. Now, in comparison to what he's paid, right? He he did all the heavy lifting here. He did all the work. I'm not I'm not not even in the slightest way am I saying that that I, I did enough to earn God's no. No, grace. Grace is without works. Right? I could have done nothing to earn it or unearn it. God brought to me the offer of salvation because he loved me, not because I loved him. But there are things that are tied conditionally to his promises to us. We're experiencing the joy today of just being able to acknowledge the goodness of a holy God. The wonder of, of serving a God that is so good and so kind. We're, we're able today to rejoice and fellowship in, in this meeting. And, and we're not at a funeral home. I understood what was said. We're not at a funeral home. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, there's some things that God don't charge for. But there are some things that will cost us. Did you know God gave us a family when we got born into it? Look around you. And this is just a few of them. There's a number that no man can number will gather with one day all our family. Brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, we died out to this world. And we was raised in the newness of life. He gave me new friends. Gave me a new family. Gave me a new place to congregate. Gave me hope in my heart. Gave me love and joy. And I didn't even preach on peace. Amen. Anybody got some peace today? You say, boy, I'm glad that peace is free. No, peace ain't free. To you that are still carrying the burden, tell them, peace ain't free. Because until I lay my burden down, I won't have it. Until I trust God, I won't have it. See? 
But as soon as we do, those simple things he asked us to do, he said, cast all your care on me, Brian, for I care for you. And the minute you do that, peace like a river flowing from the throne of God. Joy. I like joy, don't you? I'd rather have joy than sadness any day of the week, Paul. Right? Give me my choice between joy and heartache. I'll take joy every time. But it ain't free. No. Because every time that I sin and transgress against God and in my rebellious heart I'm unwilling to repent, I lose my joy. Why? Because that ain't free. It's abundant and it's available. But I can excuse myself from its benefits. You have choices to make today. Every single one of you have a choice to make today. Now, you have sit in a service that from 9.30 this morning, the Holy Ghost of God has been touching people and saying, tell them what I've done Tell him what he's done. Brag on him. And people have obeyed God and we felt the power of God among us. And for the last five days, he's eaten me alive with this thought. Why? Because he knew what he was going to do then. He knew what he was going to do now. Why? Because every person sitting in this building right now needs this message. Yes, amen. We have got to acknowledge God for what he has done and what he will do if we'll be obedient. I love the family of God. I know it's inclement weather and a lot of people couldn't get here and that kind of stuff, but I'm so glad for everybody that could. I love you people and I love this place. I am so grateful for a place. (laughs) Thank God for his family. Well, let me finish up with this. I love this. When I got saved... When I died to myself, he gave me a new nature. What the apostle Paul would say is he said, Wherefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Anybody glad for that? Anybody glad the things you once loved you now hate? And the things you once hated you now love? (laughs) That gets you every time, won't you? New creature. I am not who I used to be. You know when that happened, Travis? The moment I trusted Christ. The moment I believed in Jesus. The instant that I received the gift, I was born again. New New. What goes into heaven is new. It's not the old man. Was there a cost to it? Yeah. You had to die to self. That's what Jesus said. If you ain't willing to die to self, might as well not come. Can't be my disciple. If you ain't willing to do my commandments, he said, don't bother. You can't be my disciple. If you're not willing to take up your cross and follow me, you can't be my disciple. That's simple. 
But if you will, if you will believe, all of heaven has been promised to you. I read it in that part in Colossians. I read those wondrous truths about the saints of light, the inheritance we've received, the glorious wonder of being redeemed of our sins through his precious blood, all of that marvelous and true. But it wasn't free. See, what's being preached today, come get a song if you would. I want to close right here. What's being preached today in too many pulpits is that it's free. It's free. No cost to it. Sign this card. That's how free it is. It's so free that I can give it to you. Welcome to the family of God. That's not true. I couldn't save you if my life depended on it. The best I can do is the same thing that was done to me, and that's somebody point me to the cross that can save and tell me the truth that I will have to turn from my sin and believe in Jesus Christ or I will miss heaven altogether. Somebody tell us the truth. Somebody tell us the truth that there is a price to knowing Christ. Air is free. Water is free. The earth is free. The sun is free. The moon is free. All of these things, Alfred, he's given you every day of your life. And, you, and, and most of those days you never said thank you. He gave them anyway. Like them like backslid, idolatrous children of Israel in the wilderness every day they woke up. They had manna. Every night they had a fire. And every day there was a cloud. Every single day. Whether they were good or whether they were bad. That was free. And I love them people that appreciate and know that what they got costed. All right, we're going to sing. But, but hear this. When David had sinned against God, right, you, you, you see it in the book of Samuel. But David had sinned against God by numbering the people, and God had put a plague upon the people, and they were dying by the tens of thousands. And David set into trying to repent to get right with God for his transgressions. The Bible said he went unto the house of Aruna, who was threshing wheat. And he asked Aruna the king, he said, hey, he said, I'd like to have that place for an offering, a place where I can offer up unto God my sacrifices for my sin. And you know what Aruna told him? He said, no problem. It's yours. Free. Free. You can have it. David said, nuh-uh. No, sir. He said, I will not offer unto God something that didn't cost me. You see? You see? What has it cost you? Have you even turned? Do you even serve Him? Do you even obey Him or follow Him? Do you even move when the Holy Ghost says, Dustin, raise your hand and thank me? Do you even do that? What has it cost you? Have you turned something off so you could be with him this week? 
Have you sought him in the privateness of your own closet? Have you opened up his infinite and, and, and unerrant word and began to find him in the pages of that precious book? Have you sought God this week? What has it costed you? And yet you look at yourself and I don't know why God don't bless me. I don't know why I can't see the fullness or the promises of God fulfilled in my heart. Well, what have we done? We won't even thank him for the air. And that's the least of things we could thank him for. Those things that we have to have to live, to breathe, to survive. And those things we have every single day. Whether we're just or unjust, good or evil, he loves you. He loves you. But friend, those things that are eternal and of heavenly nature, they'll cost you something. Small in comparison to what it costed him. But you still have to give it. You still have to surrender your all to Christ. You have to give up on you being Lord and let him be Lord from now on. That's a price. That's a price you'll have to pay. But he'll save you today if you'll let him. He'll save you today if you'll come to him. As we stand and sing, you know your heart today. Obey God. Maybe you've not been obedient in what it is he's called you to do or asked you to do. Do it. Obey him today. As we sing.